Hey everyone, producer Dave here. Thanks for checking out the Down Ballot Podcast. Be sure to check out all of our shows on your favorite podcatcher. Just search Echoplex Media. If we're not on there, please let us know because we'd like to be on there. Also follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. Follow our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Echoplex Media. And give us money at Patreon, patreon.com slash Echoplex. Enjoy the show. E-C-H-O-P-L-E-X. They put me in a fucking magazine.
right, everybody, welcome to Down Ballot. We do the show live on Twitch every Friday, 8 p.m. till, I don't know, 9, 9, 15, something. And I go on into the night Twitch. And that's because the night Twitch is the right Twitch. Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, do make sure to follow our Twitch channel. That's twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. Head on over there. If you're new to Twitch, don't worry about it. Just follow us and uh, make sure your phone alerts us so that you can find out when we're live. You can see what's going on over here. You hang out in the chat, meet all the swell people here. And uh, we also do another locally based show called Local Love, focused on local music. Um, and this week is the first week that Local Love actually uh, beat out one of the other shows on uh, stats. So that's pretty good. Dang. Good on you. Good that, on local love. That usually don't happen, right? It's a little bit, little bit too niche. But uh, yeah, it beat out. Um, but for average listeners, it beat out the intellectual Dollar Tree. Didn't get, didn't get us on total listeners though, because I was fucking, I was up late, drunk as fuck on Wednesday. So, but, <laughs> but average listeners, it got it. So that's real good. We're it's good to see local love kind of catching on here, seeing more and more that's of the great. local scene up in the Twitch chat. Not only during local love, but uh, during our other shows. Um, it's real good. We. Uh, we had a, for the first time, we had Peter Coclature on. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a, a pianist, a, plays piano uh, for the, uh, for a ballet, ballet troupe around here. And I'm, I'm guessing he's local, hence the name of the show. Yeah. And awesome. He, and he's also does some, <clears throat> does some solo work and stuff. Had a good time meeting him. We also had Jimmy Arsenault on. Everybody knows Jimmy. We had a, yeah. Oh, good. We had a Phil Tool. Everybody knows Phil. We had me and the media engine Juan. Everybody knows me and the media engine Juan. It was great. We had, a, we, had a lot, we had a lot of fun. That's so awesome. if you're listening to this on the, the podcast and you kind of like the local flavor here, also go follow that local love podcast and check that out Tuesdays at 8, 8 p.m. Pacific. Anyway, I'm fucking running my mouth there's too like much. Some crossover there a little bit. You know? uh, a little bit. Sorry. Little bit. I, yeah. Running my mouth a little too much, but that's okay. I'm producer Dave. You can find me a damn near anywhere. What's up, everybody? This is the Councilman. Uh, big fan of local love, big fan of local derp, and that's why we're here tonight, because we cover everything uh, down ballot. That's stuff that's not really getting on your radar, possibly, because um, everyone's too busy paying attention to when they're getting their stimulus check. So, uh, you know, if you're lucky enough to get one, good luck and have, have fun with that. You go out and spend it in the economy and go to a, maybe uh, pick up some food from a local restaurant or uh, you know, pay off your credit card bill or something, something productive. Um, anyway, but you can find me on Twitter at T-H-E underscore Councilman. And uh, yeah, producer Dave, why don't we just get right right to the show? Yeah, because we got a lot going on this week. Um, Hell yeah! I like what you called the uh, leading off. It's the Thunder Road version of leading off because it's all about <laughs> fucking vehicles. Let's do it. All right, so here's the first story. This is uh, somebody hijacked a VTA bus. Excellent. Oh, and Mo's going to do the story. I know her. Oh, cool. TVU's Marine Naylor joins us now live with how it happened and how the man was caught. Marine. Julie, investigators say the man stole the bus while there were two people inside after he got into a struggle with the bus driver. This surveillance video shows the end of what authorities are calling a brazen carjacking of a public bus in Santa Clara. Well, I'm a teacher, so I was virtually teaching in the back of uh, the house and I heard a lot of rumbling going on. So I came outside and uh, saw the whole streets were closed and the sheriffs were all over the place. Authorities identified the carjacking suspect as 47-year-old Jonathan Clemson. He faces charges including carjacking, kidnapping, and false imprisonment after an incident that started here at Scott Boulevard and Space Park Drive just before 8 Tuesday morning. To work right Authorities there. say a VTA bus driver called 911 to report Clemson acting erratic and upset. The driver exited his driver's seat to call 911 to report the incident to law enforcement. Uh, while he was doing that, uh, Mr. Clemson jumped into the driver's seat of nice the bus 
and attempted right. to drive the bus away from the scene. The driver then jumped onto the bus and got into a physical struggle with Clemson. Unfortunately, at that situation, uh, Mr. Clemson was able to put the bus into drive and drive the bus off um, from the scene uh, with two passengers inside the bus. After about two miles of driving, surveillance video shows the stolen VTA bus pull over at Monroe and Fremont streets. Then you see the carjacking suspect walk off with his hands up. He eventually gets on his knees and shortly after at gunpoint, officers move in to arrest him. It really shook me up. I'm 78 years old, so um, I was a little shaken up to see all the activity, the police activity. I feel sorry for the man. One saving grace, authorities say, the air brakes on the bus were locked, limiting its maximum speed to about 30 miles per hour, and explains why smoke is seen when the bus finally pulls over. I will tell you that the bus uh, did travel through multiple stop signs and ran that, ran those stop signs. So that being said, the situation could have been a lot worse. It usually is a pretty busy place with the uh, senior center, senior center uh, active, but right now it's closed. So luckily it was uh, pretty quiet today. One of the passengers was injured after jumping off the bus in the middle of the carjacking, but they were treated and investigators say it's fortunate no one was seriously hurt. Authorities say the suspect does have a criminal record and that his mental health will be evaluated as part of the booking process. Julie? Thanks, Mo. Had it been so scary for those passengers on board. <laughs> Thank you. This this is like some low, like this is perfect down ballot. This is like a low rent version or a down ballot version of speed, right? Uh, <laughs> with the bus hijacking. <laughs> I can just imagine this like being some really low rent comedy or something instead of a, an action movie. I just like, like on the upfront of that, they were like, and how he was caught. It's like, dude, he stole a bus. What do you mean how he was caught? <laughs> yeah, right. It's not, it's not, it's like an innocuous Honda Civic or something you can just run off with. Like our, our poor neighbors have had their Civic broken into and stolen like three times since they moved in four months ago. Um, but yeah, there's a bus with a number and, you know, people might be looking for it. And the guy with the fancy tie, the spokesperson for VTA is looking for it. So, oh, I mean, I could have, like, if I would have known what bus it was, there's an app where I could have tracked the fucking bus on my phone mm. after it got stolen. Right. Like, is how, there, how is he was caught yeah. the cop <laughs> opened his phone said oh is that the 58 okay here's where he is <laughs> find my bus right there's, yeah. there's an app right yeah they have that on the the 511.org app you can uh, right. track the pro like it's mostly so if you if you're like standing there and you're like oh you where's know, my fucking bus did yeah. i miss it like yeah. is it is it gonna be another 30 minutes or is it running a little late and so you can right. decide whether or not to go get a starbuckles or whatever but in this <laughs> case they probably that's probably how they caught it the cops like oh dude i have 511.org hold on <laughs> that bus was supposed to be at this station in 15 minutes let's see what's going on oh man uh well yeah so it, it looks like someone's having fun at least uh on this this joyride uh odds that this guy was white and therefore wasn't shot like on site as soon as he got off the bus probably pretty good right i don't know if we, they mentioned anything about his demographics but gotta figure if this is a black dude he's getting blasted before you know he gets 10 feet so I do want to congratulate the Cupcakes Moo in the chat for hitting you in the head with a caddy mo. Just wanted to, wanted to make sure that uh, we did that. And if you're listening on the podcast version, you're just going to have to follow us on Twitch to find what the fuck that's all about. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm not even looking at the Twitch chat right now, so I want to make sure my uh, my upstream has, has, the, has all of the bandwidth <laughs> right Yeah, now. the Twitch chat's not going to do much to it, but uh, it's, it's, you look... Uh-oh. Well, hey, no. There okay. I am. <laughs> I'm just pl just playing around with the OBX Ninja. Um, yeah, no, I, I it's also I've just been woefully. Um, I know how to do it. I just keep forgetting how to 
pull the chip, how to pop the chat out as a a mod. So it just takes an extra step, and I'm just not 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 really feeling it. It distracts me anyway. I want to be present for the for the clips. I want to really absorb what we're we're watching. But yeah, yeah. If you were if you were if you ever if you ever around and show up for night twitch, if you don't have that chat open, you have no idea what the fuck's going on because it's like right. mostly the chat. But yeah, I can't imagine when we're recording a podcast. We're actually supposed to be reporting, recording a podcast. And speaking of that, we're going to move on to our next story here. This is uh, continuing on our Thunder Road theme. This is uh, in Novato. Someone uh, attempted to uh, rob or burglarize a gun store, and they decided to just drive their car into the fucking gun store. That's one approach. I mean, you know, you can't really fault them. I, I've never robbed a gun store, so I have no idea. It's a method. It's definitely one. Well, it was like raw cinema verite. Oh my. Is there nobody is in like, the newsroom? Yeah, is this like B-roll or something? Or what is this? This is back at engine sixty four is looking mighty fine. Oh my god. Very much <laughs> oh so. shit. Oh snap. So that's the back of the car. I thought for some reason that SUV would have like backed in. No, that's the back of the car that drove straight into the gun shop. That's awesome. Brazen. As they said on the last story. Brazen. What, North Bay's been wiling out this year, haven't they? Oh, completely. Nevado now and uh, Marin County Arms. What a very inventive title. Um, and then Mr. Napa. Maybe it was maybe it was Mr. Napa or one of his his uh, his what are they called? The three percent three percenters. Maybe I mean, a, a three, one of his colleagues. This guy certainly knows where to take his car to get fixed, right? Maybe stock. Maybe he's just stocking up. You know, he was he wasn't looking to rob the place. Just uh, needed to pull the car up so he didn't have to lug the guns across the parking lot. I mean. Isn't using the door a bit silly at that point? Uh, depending, I don't know how how dangerous how, how no, there's course, like shattered just, glass or something. Yeah. I'm just kidding. It's it, probably very dangerous to try to climb it, through there. It looks like they have like that glass that's like shatterproof. It like where it you know it it cracks and breaks, but it doesn't like fall all over the place. So I'd be willing to bet if uh, probably there's just regulations around firearm store where all the glass has to be like that. Maybe you know bulletproof glass even. I'd I'd assume so. Imagine that. Just in case someone gets drunk in the back of the store one night and starts popping off. I mean, oh, hey. There's, there's a few guns in there. That's like a, that looks like a broom-like stand at Home Depot. Like, pick your, <laughs> pick your length, pick your width. You know, that looks like an attractive nuisance. That's what that looks like. That's exactly what that looks like. It looks like Lauren Boebert's library. <laughs> is this like B-roll? Yeah, this is like... It's got to be B-roll, yeah. It's like yeah. raw footage, but this is fine. Interesting. Did you find this on the CBS website? Yeah, it's on the CBS. They, they ran an ad for, before and everything. So it's so fucked. Like some of the links, they you you go to the story and it's like the live feed, and then you find this story and it's all the fucking B-roll. <laughs> Get your shit together, CBS. <laughs> Del Prado Square. All right. Well, Nevado's stepping up. I like this. I think it might be might be a Mr. Napa Three Percenters colleague or something just stocking up for the the apocalypse. Some like pipe bombs. Some like guns. Others like to drive a small SUV through the front of a store. Right? I mean, if you really need a candy bar, you know. Engine 64 looking good, guys. Doing your thing. I feel like this is going to be the year where we've made, where we're going to make the North Bay great again. 
Oh, absolutely. Like our- it, it, it's one of those things. It's just uh, it, there's it's been waiting to be exposed, right? And the the pandemic and and everything that's going on is just uh, opening it up, opening up the wound. So what else we got from uh, whether uh, road rage madness? Oh this my goodness! From, yes, this one's this one's from Lafayette, but it's also from CBS Local. So we're any anything could happen when I press play. Anything is possible. The fact that you can press play is actually amazing. That it's not like a an automated feed. Oh, is an ad? Oh. Yeah, it's an ad. That's all right. So the story Dude. is there. It's uh, there's like a long tradition in the United States of protesting or trying to get your message out by going over an overpass where a busy overpass where a lot of people are going by. And it looks like the city of Lafayette is getting a little bit annoyed with a we'll call them a Deanna Ploss type acolyte or something, right? Like somebody a little bit like Deanna Ploss who's having a standout on the uh, on the MAGA Lafayette. <laughs> yeah, we actually came across uh, some. MAGA folks up in Napa, the good wife and I, when we were up there recently, so this is not surprising. So here's the local news story about it. This is just uh, some people on the overpass, and the city of Lafayette doesn't like it, and they're asking the state for some help. Well. Oh, man, worst player in the business. I know, right? Here we go. Now, the Bay Area has been a Democrat stronghold for a long time now, and that hasn't changed with this election. Good evening. I'm Elizabeth Cook. I'm Alan Martin. The presidency of Donald Trump has emboldened Republicans to speak out like never before. KPI X-Files John Ramos has that story. It's always been a challenge covering Republican stories in the Bay Area. Many of them stayed quiet and out of sight. But now, thanks mainly to Donald Trump, the GOP has found its voice. It has never been very easy to be red in such a blue part of the country. It's always been a situation where if you're found out to be a conservative Republican, you're kind of like demonized. You're, you're kind of shamed. They're hateful. Same yes. things to me like, you old lady, 10 years from now, you're going to be dead. <laughs> and we're going to be happy. Really mean, mean <laughs> things. But this morning on an overpass that on poor lady. in Lafayette, those campaigning for Donald Trump were greeted with honks of support. Clearly, something has changed. I'm not intimidated anymore. I feel very strongly about by my, my beliefs. You know, I've got patriots out here. Um, no, I'm, I'm feeling really comfortable to express my opinions. Republicans say the thing Bay Area Democrats hate the most about President Trump, his caustic, unapologetic rhetoric, has inspired many to stop worrying about what others may think of them. We shouldn't be ashamed for what we believe in. And and even if you actually should, even in the Bay Area, that's OK, because we, we can we can say, look, this is what we stand for. Longtime Democrat David McGrath doesn't have. <laughs> For Joe Speaking Biden, for all Democrats, supporting him because he has the best chance of beating Trump. <laughs> so this whole election is really about oh. Donald Trump, one way or the other. There's a lot of that. Yeah, I could. I guess you could say that. Yes, it's either pro or or against, for or against. And those who are for him are reveling in their newfound confidence. When they give me the finger, I just give. Me <laughs> I kind of like her. Anyway. She's she's classy. Classy broad. Because they expect us to be mean bad. In Lafayette, John Ramos, KPIX 5. The Republicans we spoke with said they expect to win tomorrow's election and would not talk about whether the they would. What the fuck was this story doing on like on the recent President feed? I had no idea, but it's it's still fun. I'm glad you found it. This is great. Yeah, you should fucking be ashamed. Good Lord. No surprises here. We, we all know what's going on. You have to be a goddamn 
idiot if you don't know what's going on. And if you're not ashamed to be supporting that guy, then you have no shame. But you ought to be ashamed. I think what was going on there was CBS Local had a text story about what was going on with the bridge. And what was going on with the bridge is that you can protest on the overpasses. But as soon as you start trying to install your sign on the chain link fence on yeah, the overpass, that's, yeah, then, that's then you, can't, you can't do that anymore. Correct. You're just not yeah. allowed to do that. And it looks like th- some of the imagery we saw was that. And I just think to, that's like what the, the city of Lafayette was going to try to get the CHP's help for. I don't know. Maybe the overpasses are technically the CHP's problem. There's probably some bureaucratic nightmare bullshit going on here, right? Oh, I can tell you all about it, but you're, you're actually right. Um, it's Caltrans, the California Transportation uh, Department that, that oversees anything that has to do with the freeways, so above and below. So that's why you see like so much shit sometimes piling up underneath um, overpasses and on, you know, on off ramps and on ramps. And I'm not talking about our homeless brothers and sisters out there. I'm talking about just the trash that piles up, period. Um, because Caltrans will say, well, we're not cleaning it up, and the city, it's, but it's their property. And the city's like, well, clean the fuck up. We can't do it because it's your property. And they're like, well, we don't have the money or the people to do it. So shit just sits out there until they put like a, you know, convicts out there to pick it up for them. So yeah, 16 towns in the chat asked if CHP stands for Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> it's uh it, it might or it definitely sounds stands for um you know uh cockmongering hypocrites i don't know um but <laughs> yes uh i think there is though that there's definitely something to do with affixing things to fences um and i do know that if you ever go down just real quick pro tip producer dave if you ever go down to city hall in san jose to protest um if you don't have a permit you can be down there and have, you know, anything you want. You can even have like a little amp and a mic, as long as it's not on the ground. As long as it's not touching the ground, you can have it out there without a permit and have an assembly. Once you have a, uh, once you put something on the ground, you are suddenly an illegal, uh, an illegal assembly. So just, just bear that in mind, unless you have a permit, gotcha. but, you know, but permits are hard to come by unless you, you know, give someone a campaign donation. But yeah, that was some really Bush League shit from the fucking Channel 5 there. Like, yeah. not even, like, putting something at the beginning of it or whatever to say, oh, this was taken before the election. You know, please right. read down to check the story out. Right. Really so, Bush um, League shit. Plus, their player is just hot garbage. It is. So, we, I, I really think we need to look into getting you hired over there and, and a, you know, a di- digital coordinator for the newsroom. And then we'd at least get better clips. Man, I'd have to do that under a fucking pseudonym because then they'd, they'd find out and fucking there'd be all kinds of letters written to the Mercury News. You're like, you know, oh, yeah, you can... managing all the digital shit over at Channel 5. This guy, Some, look at his show. He's Antifa. He's obviously Antifa. Look at him. Look at all um, the black and red all over their logo. Right. They're definitely Antifa. I can tell. Turn he all the lights a... red for fucking communism at night. He was wearing a mask once. <laughs> Punk oh, band mask. Right. Uh, all right well that was leading off a lot of it's all about the cars and leading off these days um hopefully the good news is we're getting out of our cars a lot more uh during covid so you know i think we're hopefully finding out what it could be like if we didn't rely so much on them or if we all you know a little hard work well so maybe see what happens um i do i do a thing on sunday with the uh humanists the humanist community and they uh a lot of them seem to be poo-pooing public transit in general because it's less uh, useful on um, during the pandemic. Hmm. Well, I mean, it, yes and no. I mean, there's still people that re- obviously rely on it, but um, it's it's getting more challenging because they're just not as they're not well, at least locally, not well funded. Um, so uh, 
and it doesn't really get you a lot of places where where you want to go and it doesn't go everywhere and when they when they make cuts and cutbacks they generally they they try to focus the cuts on whatever non-popular lines but really those are sometimes the most vital um, even if there's less people riding them the people riding them are they need it more than the people riding the the more popular like the 22 or other lines so yeah it's it's a frustrating situation i can definitely understand why they poo poo it um and but there's not too much poo poo on our transit by the way it's actually fairly clean so if you're going to use our transit you'll you'll find it's it's an enjoyable experience i think producer dave can speak to that light rail is always on time generally pretty clean and um yeah uh, wi-fi is reasonable so just a bitch when people you know fuck with your your bike or park their bikes in your way or don't obey the rules yeah but i mean you it, it, in the it. end in the end there's not too terribly much you can do about that i found that like if yeah. if for example somebody's got their their bike kind of laid across the uh the uh the thing instead of hanging up on the 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 rack i just yeah. kind of look and I, I i like assess the situation and i said oh let me hang your bike for you and then i just hang their bike and then, for them. then i hang my own generally <laughs> i can hang my own that sounds so dirty anyway um well uh shall we move on to winners and losers absolutely absolutely it looks like there's going to be no winners this week right well is this, is this our uh, ongoing saga of um the calvary church I think I think it, it it's certainly tangentially related. We've been covering this church. It's a the Calvary Church. I forget what part of San Jose it's in, but uh, they've been Call sort it Cambrian. Of, oh, Cambrian Park. They've been they've been sort Ish. of refusing the mask mandates and the social distancing. And my take is that the guy who runs the church wants to eventually grift, wants to get maybe on Infowars or Fox News or something. But mm. this, I don't think this story is specifically about that church. But it is that the Supreme Court ordered Santa Clara County to allow a some indoor church services, I believe, with certain restrictions. So let's, uh, well, who knows what's going to oh, look? Who knows what's going to happen? Oh. News after a long back and forth battle, another huge court ruling just coming down involving some Bay Area churches. And a Bay Area city dealing with a more than 300% rise in homicides. The latest two killings are heart wrenching. I was just trying to keep his son. What is the whole fucking upfront segment? Uh, not being visible to see their father on the ground. It's just shocking. I, I don't know. I, I just I can't wrap my head around. Uh, around this player is so terrible. I can't even skip ahead. Warriors coach Steve Kerr getting emotional oh. just a short time ago over attacks against Asian Americans. We're getting a sample of all the local shit. After months and months, something popcorn new to do on a Friday night, but it will look a whole lot different. But personally, uh, I think I'll play it safe and just stay away. The breaking news in the last hour, the U.S. Supreme Court ordered there go. Santa Clara County to allow limited indoor church services to resume at 25% capacity, pending an appeal in a lower court. Now, this has been a long back-and-forth battle. Santa Clara County had argued that its restrictions were valid because they were part of a larger ban on indoor gatherings at both religious and secular locations. Right now on the KPIX5 News at 7 and streaming on CBS. You know what? That's good enough. Another that's good enough I think for that, that, get, story, that captures I think. it. So, so if you saw that nice overpass near the church and that big road, that's Almaden Expressway. Um, and then Hillsdale and Capitol Expressway is the cross street. So that's generally where it is. In, or exactly where it is, I should say, in San Jose, which is kind of Cambrian adjacent. It's not, I wouldn't call it Cambrian, maybe like Foxworthy or South Willow Glen. 
yeah i mean i know the area now that now yeah. that you kind of told me what the what the overpass was i, I know the area so I don't, do you know if, if that was the U.S. Supreme Court or is that the state Supreme Court? I don't know if they specified there. They didn't specify, but I would have to guess it that I haven't heard. I don't know. I haven't heard much. That's a good question. It said the Supreme Court. You'd think they would specify it. What if it wasn't the U.S. Supreme Court? Right. You would they probably say state Supreme Court. So maybe it was. I know. I know the Supreme Court was hearing some cases like this. So maybe it wasn't so much like it was a precedent or a, 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 a finding that was made, but. It didn't necessarily specifically apply to this church, but it grants, you know, it, it grants them that right, or it, it grants them a reprieve, I guess. I wonder if this, like, Nick's, if, if the Supreme Court does overturn whatever the ruling, do they, does the church get to keep their fine money? Do they, do they still owe the $500,000? That's a good question. I don't think they fucking plan on paying it anyway, and I don't think anybody's going to fucking try to forcibly collect it, so. Right. Well, maybe if they all got, if they're all, like, you know, uh, going to get stimulus checks, they can... Have them just put their stimulus check in the in the the basket. I mean, I think that's, that's what they're going to ask people to do anyway. But I don't think they're going to use it to pay the fine. It's the grift, baby. The grift. Get some get some nice new, you know, get some new wine for the <laughs> for the pastors. Oh, God. Anyway, we'll we'll keep we'll keep an eye on that for you, and um, you know, maybe we'll do a road trip out there and do a little uh, reconnaissance um, to see what's going on on a Sunday afternoon. We call it some weed connaissance. There you go, weed connaissance. Just hang. <laughs> we might have to share, but you know, we'll just hang out. Maybe we'll. Maybe we'll sneak in without our masks on and get our church on for a minute. Oh, that's what we're not going to do. I mean, you go, you you go off, but no, yeah, the good wife would have my nuts in a in a sling if I did anything like that. So I'm not allowed to be around too many people and nobody without a mask, and definitely not a bunch of crazy fucking lunatics like like these folks. All right. Well, um, speaking of uh, opening and closing, um, so many of our small business owners are frustrated by uh, you know the up and down with the tiers and the numbers and just the, the sort of lack of clarity on when and how things are going to happen that, you know, kind of comes with a global pandemic. Um, so there's one barber, it looks like that you've, uh, you've located here who's, uh, just said, fuck it. I'm gonna cut some hair. Juan Damaris, the owner of Primo's Barbershop in Vacaville, can only cut hair here for a few more weeks. That's because he says the California Board of Barbering and Cosmetology sent him this letter saying both his barber and establishment licenses have been permanently revoked. Damn. March 25th. The state says the move comes after he repeatedly... Damn, do not fuck with the Barbers and Cosmetologists Association. Serious, permanently, like permanently no more like not suspended not you know reprimanded censured permanently revoked gotta imagine that's not the first notice he got i would hope the bar i mean bar- barbers seem like decent people maybe they just don't fuck around the bureau of barbecology yeah <laughs> staying open when his shop should have been shut down nbc bay area spoke with him several times as his fight unfolded oh there they are the multiple (laughs) oh what are these (laughs) need for it i mean as we get farther and farther along this this pandemic it's it's more and more obvious that um the state was gunning for small businesses while letting these big box companies stay open and get richer and richer and uh we're just, we're going to, we stood our ground. Juan says he did it so the other barbers working at his shop could keep feeding their families. We reached out to the State Board of Barbering and Cosmetology for comment, but the have Board not of received Barber. a response. They said their comment was fuck around and find out. 
<laughs> I did like that. So yeah, that image of him sort of sorting through his mail. It's like, oh, these were, that's where the other notices were. I was, <laughs> what are these? I wonder. Um, I mean, he's right. He's, he's wrong in that, you know, no one's gunning for you, bro. Like that's not really what's happening. Yes. The big box, the big, the big rich get richer, the poor get poorer. You know, the, the big, the big uh, corporations are going to get their shit buttered and you know and you're gonna get screwed but you're just getting screwed you're not getting no one's deliberately trying to screw you they just don't give a shit like it's <laughs> there's a difference government's not out to get you it's just out to help other people and not you um, right it's it's, so a, it's it's a it's a tough distinction to really internalize and understand when it's your business and your correct. employees that are on the fucking chopping block right correct exactly and then it's it's absolutely you know uh understandable and valid to feel that way but it's at the end of the day it's it's not you know it's just it is just a sad fact of of life and i'm not telling you to go corporate and become a big corporate barber at supercuts or something but or like take out take out a supercuts franchise but it's just reality and if you you're know, if, if this is what you if this is the life you choose there are consequences i just feel like the uh, that's that dude didn't, I thought he was going to say that the fucking pandemic was fake for a second. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he didn't. He and everybody short. there was wearing masks, like, except for the child, but you know, that's, that's whatever. What, what do you it, do? it seemed like, it seemed like this wasn't that guy. And I wish instead of the, I think the pandemic is fake and these masks are bullshit. People got organized instead of that happening. I wish small businesses and communities where they couldn't been open, got organized and started lobbying officials at county local state and federal level yeah. about this and started just making a lot of fucking noise about it not yeah. let us open our business but write me a check yeah just put that absolutely. shit on a sign absolutely you're we seeing can't, it uh, can't cut hair please write check <laughs> we'll we'll stop for check um we'll stop working for check um that would make the republicans really happy right that's great fodder for them uh yeah, well, I think we're, we'll probably hear about it on the in the next story under "Get Your Shit Together." But um, one area is that's really get starting to get their um, panties in a bunch and is in or uh, you know trying to step up and, and organize uh, venue operators and you know concert halls, theater companies, um, nonprofit and otherwise, because they're all the ones that were the first that were forced to close their shit. Right? Um, there's no directive. There's no like plan for how they're supposed to reopen safely or you know there's guidelines for everyone else even barbers um but not for for them and they're like the dr- a driving force in the economy right like you know you go to you're not just going to see a show you're going out to dinner or you're going to grab some food you know, somewhere else or you're going to grab a beer afterwards and you're going to you're going to be out in the community in the neighborhood um spending money um and yet there's just nothing being done to help these small venue operators Meanwhile, like, you know, Levi Stadium has its own plan, Major League Baseball and all the other sports, you know, big sports have their their plans for reopening and yet nothing for the small, the small groups. And they're really just the the heart and soul. So it's it's fucked. It's, it's we're, we're going to end up with a, a lot of pain and we're not going to come out of it once this the, the pandemic's over. There's going to be a lot of recovery that's going to have to happen. And you're right. There's, I think there's a lot of folks who are just going to have to get paid, not just a PPP loan or, a you know, a grant like, you know, seriously supported and and given stimulus just like the rest of us and that's as good a segue as any and to get your shit together for san francisco much more than san jose this is a big fucking deal um san jose isn't really an entertainment destination except for on the occasion that there's a big fucking concert right like, like it, at the at the event center 
Right. But other than that, it's not like, like this, this bar they're going to be talking about here, or this club, the Oasis, the Oasis in and of itself is a destination. People will drive yes. from all over the fucking Bay area and not even necessarily knowing what's going on at the Oasis being like, Just well, we're going to go to the be. city. We're going to go club and let's start at the Oasis, see what's going on there. Yep. And, and so this is, this story is about, you know, the Oasis may end up closing and like at some point, like, you know, people are already leaving San Francisco, right? And the, the, the story's about them leaving the state are largely untrue, by the way. There was no no good right. video about it, but a lot of the people who have left San Francisco didn't leave California or even necessarily the Bay Area. They left for the suburbs. Yeah, or, or San Jose. Or uh, San Jose, yeah, because right. rent isn't really going down much here. Um, yeah. And so if they don't, if they want, if they don't, want people to keep leaving after we ease these restrictions they're going to need to figure out a way to keep open these fucking bars and clubs where some of those residents work the people right. who if you live in san francisco one of the reasons you live there is because you can walk to the fucking club yep yep I mean, I've, I've been thinking about this actually a lot lately like okay we all come back right what are we all clamoring for right the people i mean business owners want to get their business started again parents want their kids in school again right um uh, service industry, you know, most of them are already, you know, working in their, uh, you know, in their location anyway, and they're out and about. When we talk about getting out and coming out of this, where are we going to go? We're going to go to shows, right? We're going to go to restaurants. We're going to go out and, and do this entertainment thing, right? Like the entertainment economy. And if it's not there, <laughs> we're not going to recover economically as quickly as we think, because no one's going to be spending their money in these places. And, and, it's, it's just going to become a, and you're right, there's going to be less, less jobs in these places that support small businesses that support like whatever, 90% of the jobs in this, in Silicon Valley, you know, that it's going to be a real big, uh, real negative cycle or spiral. Um, if we don't do something now to sustain, um, the industry. So, so let's find out what's going on. Hey man, if you're out there and you're in the Bay area and you're sitting on a bunch of money, when this all ends, Hire me in the media wench to run your venue. <laughs> Local love the venue. Nah, fucking, you think I wouldn't put together a banging fucking venue? Fucking A, I, I know you would. Um, I would love to put it on a big venue where we could do like, you know, music nights, movie nights, trivia nights, art nights, theater nights, whatever. Like do a whole rotating vaudeville show and have Cat Robo Show come down. We could we could buy out the Burbank Theater. I was, Baskin. I was, um, for a while, there's a venue I was playing at kind of regularly and I was trying to get them to start theming their nights and having like weeklies and mm -hmm. i thought that'd be i thought that'd be really cool i always thought it'd be a good idea but uh just don't i don't have the money to buy the you know rent the venue or do the do the all the work that needs to get done but yeah. maybe we can pool our resources one day well there's somebody there's somebody out there with some money looking for an investment opportunity and when all this it is over some of the some of the venues are going to be they're going to be vacated and yeah. you could not only fucking help the people in the entertainment industry recover, but at first couple of weeks, if you have a, if you have a venue that you start remodeling tomorrow, yeah. you hey, can uh, also make a lot of fucking money. Don't know if you see the Burbank is all boarded up, man, but it's still, you know, it's, it's got so much potential. We can, we could be in there tomorrow probably, but uh, let's, let's talk offline. Maybe we can find an angel investor and make our dreams come true. You can have a DJ night at once a week. Just D well, I DJ Jazzy Dave. I would, if I had a venue, I think Thursday night jazz, Friday mm. night would be a gay club. Mm. Hello. Oh, of course. You probably could probably call it the friend zone because you never dance alone in the friend zone. You could DJ, DJ disco that night. Well, it wouldn't just be me. And then Saturday, I'd probably have bands. 
Yep. And Absolutely. Sunday you have what's like a like an afternoon DJ party, close sure. early Sunday, and the venues closed Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday you just have like one off events for whoever wants to try to bring in a crowd. I'm telling you, but it's great idea. Well, it's you know that's all real easy until until the nuts and bolts start to happen. But here's a story out of San Francisco about the Let's Oasis. The Oasis is a destination in San Francisco, and it's starting to look like the fucking Oasis isn't going to make it. Not my kind of spot, by the way. Not not where I would go. I would tend to go to like more kind of underground uh, underground sort of uh, venues, or go out to the right. Castro, or right. you know, go out go out in the Mission. I think Sign this the place, times, though. I think this place is in the Mission, but this wouldn't yep. be my like my scene. I'd be more into like. Like, I'm more like 10, 15 Folsom fucking, fucking DNA lounge, that kind of scene. But the Oasis is an important thing in San Francisco. There's been events there for a very long time. And there's just been a lot of really cool events that uh, a lot of locals in San Francisco like to go to. And uh, well, here's a story from NBC Bay Area. And since it's NBC Bay Area, we know exactly what's going to happen when we press the play button. The fucking story is going to start and the audio is going to be on. The show must go on. Live venues in San Francisco have been closed for nearly a year, and now the Oasis is turning to the community for help, putting on its most important show yet. Drag performers aren't expected to wow a live crowd at the Oasis in San Francisco for months. For a space like this, where it's about bringing people together, about laughing, about being in close close proximity to one another, it's going to be a little while still. Darcy Drawlinger has tried to make ends meet during the shutdown with rooftop shows, Meals on Heels food delivery, and virtual entertainment. I remember that. We covered that. Size is expensive, and. Uh, and in limited capacity, it actually costs more money to be open than to be closed. And it's really expensive to be closed. Federal Save Our Stages dollars and local live venue assistance is approved, but applications are not being accepted yet, leaving the Oasis and other venues trying to hang on. There's a lot of us out there just sitting in this weird limbo, getting deeper and deeper in debt every day and no one helping us. Fans of live entertainment say they are willing to help keep them afloat. And for all of us, everybody's dying to go to a live venue and socialize. On Saturday, Drawlinger will be asking for help. Please join me for the Save the Oasis Telethon. During a 12-hour Save the Oasis Telethon. No. So we'll host the, the show from the main stage, and then our phone bank of drag performers will be here. This performer is promising 12 costume changes, hoping yes. to raise enough money to make sure the Oasis survives long enough to reopen. What do you want to be here when this is over? Put your money there. Gene Ellie, NBC Bay Area News. That last line, that was that's it right there. What do you want to be around when you when we get out of this? You know, make sure that you're supporting it if possible. So the Death Guild folks, they don't own a venue, but they're a regularly occurring goth event and they mm -hmm. it took them a while, but they're they do their show the almost the exact same like DJ lineup uh, now uh, here on Twitch. And they have some money coming in. It's pretty good. Shout out it's to good. DJ Star for uh, helping him get that together once she got going on Twitch. I feel like that venue, especially with the drag performers and stuff, could have done real well to just have a couple weekly shows on Twitch where people can donate, sub, send their bits, get a Patreon going. I feel like, because <clears throat> that venue seemed to have, be well set up for cameras and everything. So I feel like, you know, sure. they're not experts or whatever. I'm not like, oh, you dumbasses. But I'm like, they, they could have, I think they, they could have 
thought a little more outside of the box because you're not technically open if you're doing a live stream event. So you don't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, our, our boutique locally, speaking of local love is doing, uh, live streams. They're, they're, they're actually just asking for donations. I don't even know if it's like ticketed, but, um, yeah, I've, I've popped on a couple. They're actually pretty good. Socorro did our, our good friend Socorro did one, uh, before she left town. Um, so shout out to our boutique and, and big Dan. Well, they, they, inv- uh, they invested prior because they were recording yeah. shows there for the bands to like make their own music videos. So they, Right. The only bit of infrastructure they didn't have, and I'm proud to say I helped them a little bit along the way, was uh, the live streaming part. I just kind of let them nice. know, hey, these are the things that are going to really tax your computer. If you want to do the following, you're going to need a powerful computer. You're going to need to make sure your internet is not only uh, you know fast but robust. You're going to need to make sure you're not running your shit on Wi-Fi. Yeah. And the guy I talked to, his name's Mark. He just got it like immediately. Just immediately understood everything I was saying and why it was tr- why why what I was saying was was the was the case and uh they got up and running pretty quick i'm real proud of them i liked uh i like dan a lot he's a great guy art boutique he's a very 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 good person i had a conversation with him when i didn't even know it was his spot and he, I, I was like oh i really like this place he's like oh it's mine <laughs> i was very like humble. oh well thanks man super humble too him and his wife um they're great people and they keep stock really really good beer in stock i love it God, man you the, can always get the scrimshaw and the red tail there oh yeah they have the good stuff folks so if you if you really like beer um you want to see a show that's when we get back that's the place to go and it's always cheap it's like 10 like 10 bucks max to see like three bands so go check it out on race street in san jose all right well that was get your shit together. So SF, California, get your shit together, support our small businesses, support our stages, and everyone out there, go to the Patreons for your favorite places and drop them some bucks. Even Echoplex Media needs your support this time of year. So please uh, give give generously. Um, all right. Well, we're going we're gonna to cruise down ballot, if that's okay with everyone. Um, and this is kind of an odd sort of tangential because uh, we weren't able to find video of this, but um, our one of our local Congress members, Zoe Lofgren, uh, who's been, I think she's both of our congressmen. Actually, I think Anna Eshu is your congressmember, producer Dave, but she's my congressmember. Um, and you might've known her from uh, being a, a, an impeachment manager in the first Donald Trump impeachment. Uh, so she released a 2000 page report on all of the uh, just nasty shit that GOP, mostly GOP uh, lawmakers and her colleagues were saying on social media prior to the insurrection and the attempt to overthrow the government by uh, supporters of our former cheeto headed president um so uh, tldr right i no no need to necessarily read the whole thing but i we had this th- there's not one nice little video we pulled from uh, our good friend rep lauren bobert um that uh zoe referenced in her report and once we have more on the report itself we'll bring you some video on that but here's this was something uh, i thought might just entertain us for a few minutes Sort of in the vein of the Sunday show. Oh my, did I freeze? Can you not hear me? Uh Maybe I did. Hello. Hello. Hmm. Maybe. I shouldn't have. Oh, are you hearing me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, I couldn't good. hear you. Okay, good. All, All right. right, so this is uh, Lauren Boebert. <laughs> She's talking about the thing that the councilman yes. was just talking about. She's going to l- largely complaining about being criticized. 
There you go. Typical. Hey everyone, Lauren Bobert here, and I just want to share a few thoughts that I have on the recent turmoil in Washington, D.C. First of all, I want you all to know how proud I am to have taken a stand on the Electoral College certification. The onslaught that we have seen on our Electoral College from the Democrats is what got me involved with this to begin with. So if you've not seen my floor speech, I encourage you to go back and watch that. Nothing that has happened in the past few days changes the fact that election laws were in fact broken. And now I have seen firsthand Capitol Hill police overwhelmed. I've seen them lack the support that they so desperately needed and requested, and I've seen them do their very best. The violence we saw the other day is just as despicable as the violence we've seen all summer long. These were not conservatives. Conservatives do not tear their country down. We build our country up. This is political hypocrisy. Now we owe gratitude to the officers who were there, many of whom have even gone out of their way to tell me that they support my efforts to defend our Second Amendment rights. Many of whom who have come to me in tears, overwhelmed with anxiety of what happened. And now we have President Trump who has announced his plan for a smooth transition. All right, Lauren, that's enough of you. Of power. Mike, wow. I guess I just don't watch enough of it. It's just, it probably is a good thing because it would just drive me nuts. I, how can anyone be so disconnected from reality? I, I just don't know. But yeah, that she's she's choice, man. That's that that lady. Good lord. So she's claiming that like basically it's, it was like what progressive activists in Antifa that that raided the Capitol and and stormed uh, tried to storm the Electoral College, not like the people waving Trump flags and wearing Trump flags and wearing MAGA hats and shouting the president told us to come. Like I guess I guess she's living in a different reality. Alternative facts, producer Dave. You know, I think that I think that she may have been making up some of that stuff too about the Capitol Police, like thanking her for supporting the Second Amendment or whatever. Although I don't know, but that seems kind of inappropriate for the Capitol Police to be like walking up to Congress people and like weighing in on purely kind of political like issues that they the things that might come before the Congress. It seems sure. like it would be outside of the scope of what the Capitol Police are supposed to do probably yeah uh, i i can i'm betting there's a little bit of embellishment in that story <laughs> it was probably like the, the the janitor down the hall or something outside her office who said yeah keep it up um but it's all it was also like name checking all of the conservative dog whistles like second amendment law enforcement public safety election theft fraud democrats are e evil antifa like she was just in 10 seconds trying to just it's like she's playing bingo like we have conspiracy bingo she was playing like whatever, like her, her, their own version of conspiracy theory bingo, <laughs> conspiracy theorist bingo. Yeah. And I don't, I don't understand this notion that like they're trying to sort of say that these weren't like movement conservatives who mm. engaged in this behavior on January 6th. It was on fucking national TV. It's like you can't, there's, there's really nothing, unless you think that was, all this video is just one big deep fake. Like there is nothing that you can say or do to deny what actually happened. It was on fucking national TV. <laughs> Some things are true. Some things did happen, right? Some things do happen and you can't lie about it because everyone saw it. It wasn't just national TV. The people who did it were themselves video streaming, streaming it, explaining to you exactly what they were doing and why they were doing right. it.
and who told them to do it and why they were doing it in the first. Yeah, exactly. This is is Looney Tunes. Um, but I guess this, this is what you get when you get into an echo chamber. I mean, first and foremost, that woman should not be in Congress. That woman's an idiot. But maybe then again, she should be in Congress because Congress is full of fucking idiots. Not this guy, but you know, a lot of a lot of other idiots. Anyway, um, so speaking of our local reps, just a, a, uh, and sort of responding to the Lofgren report, um, this is local rep uh, from the Contra Costa County, uh, John Garamendi, uh, who once ran for for governor, lieutenant governor, and everything else under the sun. Um, or he was lieutenant governor. I apologize. Uh, so he's he's going to uh, give his opinion on what we should do with all of his colleagues who, like Miss Bobert, decide to just jump off the cliff, m- mentally speaking. What's Thank your reaction you. to this news that investigators are looking into these contacts between some Republican members and the people who invaded the Capitol? I'm not at all surprised. All you need to do is take a look at the tape of the uh, rally before. Uh, I think three members of Congress were down there encouraging the mob to be uh, violent. In one case, uh, one of our colleagues wanted to make sure that asses were kicked. So, yeah, I'm not at all surprised. I mean, how surprised would you be if it does turn up that there was a level of coordination between either the members themselves or the staffs and the people? That coordination is going to be a high bar to clear, right? Because this idea, this idea of stochastic terrorism where you don't have to necessarily be like, hey, Pete, go do this or whatever. You encourage, you say, well, people ought to and you don't say anything that people ought to, you know, take their country back or whatever it is. And under the right set of circumstances, you're inciting violence without like doing it specifically and giving people a, they weren't like steal a door. Yeah. You need, you will need some, I mean, there, there are definitely some civil suits that can be had, especially from the, the families of the officers who died. Right. And the people who were hurt, you can definitely have a civil suit and take someone to task and maybe they don't go to jail, but they have to pay a really hefty fine or they get some sort of probation. But as far as criminal charges, when it comes to conspiracy, I mean, technically conspiracy is two people can, you know, texting back and forth that they want to do something and then they go do it. Right. Um, but you really need the evidence. You, otherwise it's just hearsay. Right. So you need, you would need hard evidence that there was uh, you know there was interaction that there was contact between you know the the reps and or the, the the members of congress and the leaders of this revolt and that it was that even that organized which i really frankly don't think it all that was no in fact so. it's a good thing that it wasn't organized it was like yeah. a third of the people were just there trying to get a selfie right right so i i you know i i find it i, I would find it also pretty difficult to get that proven but again, the burden of proof in civil court is a lot lower. So I, I think you're going to, you are going to see um, more of the cases end up there. Um, the, the individuals are going to get tried for their criminal act, right? But as far as conspiracy with these, you know, members of Congress, I don't know. And, and at the end of the day, these are the folks that can afford the lawyers. These are the folks that will have lawyers paid for them by their party back home, right? That's censoring Liz Cheney for voting for, for impeachment, right? Dick Cheney's fucking like daughter or wife. I'm sorry, daughter, um, daughter. getting, getting reamed by the Republican party back home for voting her conscience, right? Dick Cheney's daughter, Jesus Christ. So if that's happening, then, you know, you, I can imagine like the Montana democratic party or Republican party raising a shit ton of money to defend their one representative who might get drawn into this. Um, so it's, it's sad, it's sad, but it's just not going to be thrown out of Congress. That could happen. If it's a prosecution is warranted, they ought to be prosecuted. This was a violent attack on people. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of things in my life, but I've never seen such a violent mob attacking police. 
And if any member of Congress was uh, involved in any way to encourage or enable that, A, they ought to be thrown out of Congress, and if appropriate, they ought to be charged with a crime. Do you think they'll be able to prove it at this point? I have no idea. But I do know yeah. that they were down at the rally encouraging the mob to, uh, to engage. Zoe Lofgren, uh, Congresswoman also from California, she posted some research that she gathered of social media posts from Republican members of Congress just to make the point of the type of things they were saying up around the insurrection. Paul Gosar, she put up some tweets from him, and he was saying things like, sedition and treason for stealing votes is appropriate. Stop the steal, 2021. Um, you know, Biden should concede. I want his concession on my desk tomorrow. What do these tweets tell you? Well, that's just one example. Uh, certainly, uh, Mr. Kozar was uh, tweeting and saying things. And at the rally, I mean, just hours or an hour before the mob was attacking the Capitol, members of Congress were down there encouraging, encouraging all of them to, uh, to, to engage with language that was clearly, uh, in my view, intended to uh, rally the mob to go to the Capitol and to engage here and to stop, as they said, stop the steal. Well, how do you stop the steal? You stop the Congress, the Senate, from carrying out its constitutional responsibility of uh, affirming the uh, selection of the president. That's how you stop the process, and that's precisely what they tried to do. They tried to overtake the democratic process and keep Trump in power. Um, is that sedition? I think it is. Yeah, and they can absolutely be fucking ousted from Congress. Congress can vote them out themselves, like they can actually do that. So, um, or the people of their district can recall them. That's not going to happen, but Congress could throw them all out. Um, that can certainly happen. They can be censured. They can be taken off their committees. Uh, because Nancy Pelosi's in charge, fools. Sorry. And now we're in, you know, Schumer's in charge in the Senate. So yeah, that can absolutely happen if Democrats just have the the ovaries to, to do it, right? And not, you know, not, unfortunately, they're getting death threats from all these freaking lunatics out there. So I, I understand why there's some hesitancy to, to go full bore. But at the same time, like that's exactly what hap what enables them. We have to stand up. We have to say something. You have to just push back. You can't just you know, put your head in the sand anymore. Um, and I think you've said that yourself, Producer Dave, like, you know, we really have to take these folks on. Yeah. It's, on their shit. You know, it's, <clears throat> this is like not necessarily local, but I guess maybe I'll frame it. The, I, I'm pretty glad that uh, the, the rep or one of the reps from Silicon Valley was the one who took the time or got, got with their staff or whatever and had them take the time to kind of comb through social media for stuff that was still there to kind of put together this report because that's, yeah. You know, it's sort of, I think the point maybe of having people from here would be like they have, theoretically, they're going to tend to have a kind of a better understanding of what was going on on social media. But yeah. I'm, I'm just incredibly kind of shocked at, you know, the media at large the day before yesterday was saying that, oh, on the fourth, they're going to try to take over the Capitol. And I was in, you know, some, what I'll call Facebook terrorist cells. And I saw people complaining that nobody was going to, right? They, but the day be like uh, leading up to January sixth, I saw people like setting up carpools and buses to take people out there, and the, the fucking mm -hmm. regular news and the Democratic Party and shit. They were all fucking asleep at the wheel. They had no, they fucking weren't paying any attention to this shit. But I mean, right. I was talking about it, and I don't have a big platform. But Jared Holt, from, formerly of Right Wing Watch, now works for a anti. Like a, some kind of think tank, I think that uh, studies extremism online. 
Uh, he was talking about it. The fucking QAnon anonymous people were talking about it. Fucking the majority report was talking about it. Like it wasn't like there was nobody out there talking about it. It's just the people were asleep at the wheel. And then after it happened, nobody knew that nothing was going to happen on the fourth. Like it's just the, 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 fin- the these people's finger, it's not on the pulse and it, you yeah. know, whatever uh, our local news maybe doesn't have the resources, but big NBC, they should, they, can't they, 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 can't they the, hire the, a couple people to just kind of lurk in some nasty fucking spaces and see what the fuck's going on. If I was, they might have a whole division devoted to it. Frankly, this day and age, I mean, there's that's where I mean that's where the news gets broken these days, right? That's where you find most of this shit anyway. So yeah, I don't understand why they don't have whole and, you know departments devoted to it. Imagine, imagine your department gets a Pulitzer mm. for stopping something like this from happening by yeah. blowing the whistle on it three days before and showing the evidence, showing there what's go. going on, showing that Turning Point USA has fucking eighteen buses or some shit take fucking crazy people to the Capitol, you know, imagine like the, 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 the cred that one of these organizations could have gotten. Absolutely. And well, nope, not, but you know, we'll, we'll keep hoping maybe the investigative unit here in NBC, NBC Bay area can help uncover some of this shit locally, at least. Well, um, producer Dave, I think we've come to the end of another fine show and we've got a, a couple, I think we have a couple human interest stories here to get to in another thing. Do you want to introduce uh, the one that you found here? Yeah, it's just uh, up in Lafayette where people have money and free time. Uh, they, they, this is cute. Some lady made like a scavenger hunt for basically her neighborhood. And this is so adorable. Finally tonight, something good. An East Bay woman has come up with a clever way to entertain her neighbors in Pleasant Hill. She is sending them on a scavenger hunt for painted rocks. Yeah, take a look at these rocks right here. Wow. At the start of the Aww, pandemic, those are really well done. Marilee Barlow started painting them with these beautiful, very intricate designs. And a lot of people across the Bay Area were doing the same thing. But the difference here is that Barlow not only hides them around town, she then posts clues about it online so people can go out and find them. She says it's not only fun, but it's a safe way to get people, especially kids, outside during the pandemic. You know, you don't have to be concerned about going out and doing this and participating because of the current pandemic. It's something that everybody can participate in and do it safely. Her project has really taken off. It's become a community favorite. The rock hunts happen about once a month, and the next one takes place tomorrow. Sweet. We got to get in on that. It's fucking adorable. Yeah, I think they do that in my neighborhood here, too. It's it, maybe not a scavenger hunt, but I've seen, those, I've seen some rocks all around. Um, so this is one that I... That came across I, i'm big me and the good wife are big dog lovers so it's always good to see when a a dog uh finds its way home after being lost out, out in the wilderness um oh and there's an ad too so i can take this moment to to thank you producer dave for uh another fine episode another fine week of, of down ballot and for hunting down most of the clips for tonight while my my week was one big fat zoom meeting basically <laughs> You know, this week, most of it just kind of came across my feeds. Um, my Twitter, I've been following more and more local stuff on Twitter. Not necessarily the news outlets, but some uh, sort of like local people who are eh, maybe not. They, they might tend to be more in your lane, but they, they yeah. tend to like they tend to be posting this stuff that we're going to be interested in. So I wish I could remember any who any of them are off the top of my head. But uh, shout out to my local Twitter, the people I follow locally on Twitter. Thanks for your help. I was actually curious. Um, I neglected to put it on or i didn't know if it was appropriate for down ballot but the the ben shapiro rokana uh interview debate 
don't know if you were if you had a chance to cover that on the Sunday show at all, but I'll drop it back in the the Discord again. But I thought that was pretty juicy. I heard about it. If you have some extra time this week, maybe we can do a down ballot extra and go over that I piece of piece of piece of video. That might be be able to be arranged this week. That last week was kind of hectic, but yeah, let's let's look into doing that. Um, anyway, so uh, this poor little bulldog uh, got lost in San Lorenzo and ended up in Mexico. Hi! Party time for the doggo. Par- party time. We've heard a lot of stories about a rise in French bulldog thefts around the Bay Area. But one lucky dog is back with his East Bay family after he was found 600 miles away in Mexico. He's been my baby for four years. I don't go anywhere without him. The Campbell family lives in San Lorenzo, and they've owned Brody, the French bulldog, since he was a puppy. Yeah, he's a noisy guy. Never mind. When Brody wandered out of an open front door on February 3rd, the family started posting missing dog photos all over the Internet. He was lost for three weeks. By a long, strange, miraculous chain of events, um, we have him back. Last Friday, the family got a phone call from Benjamin Gonzalez in Tijuana. I named him Chapo. I called him Chapo. Gonzalez had purchased the dog from a street vendor for $1,000 and was hoping to breed the dog. Gonzalez was deported to Mexico two years ago after spending 14 years in prison for involuntary manslaughter. You know, I took the wrong path. I, 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 I made mistakes, and you know, I, I, I'm paying for my mistakes now. Gonzalez had the dog about two weeks when a family member who lives in the East Bay texted him this screenshot of a lost dog that looked like the same dog. Just having him here at my house, and and just you know, looking at how he was acting, and he was you know real sad. Uh, you know, I can relate to him. You know, he's out here, no family. I'm out here, no family. You know, if if Aww. if he can go back, I, I just wanted to take him back home. He called the Campbell family and confirmed the dog was indeed Brody. He never asked for a reward. He never mentioned money. He just wanted to do the right thing. Brody! The reunion was caught on cell phone video. After three weeks, Brody remembered his long-lost family. And they'll always be thankful to that stranger in Tijuana. Brody is back. Brody was born in Mexico, where it's common for dogs to have tattoos to identify them. And so that helped his family confirm that it was him. It's still a mystery, though, how he ended up in Tijuana. Poor Well, good for Brody getting back. Good on that... uh the former convict, right, dude, who had no, you know, no reason to, you know, resolve that situation himself, but obviously a decent person. So remember that when you're bitching about uh, inmates getting their vaccines, right? Not everyone in prison is a total bastard, and some of them are not there of their own volition, and some of them are innocent. Yeah, and uh, that, that. The, the charge was involuntary manslaughter, so that means that it was negligence, not malice, generally. Right, not as bad as the council, can- the city council candidate last year who ran the old dude over um, while she was high on drugs. Anyway, well, well hey, uh, another f- fabulous week. I'm glad we uh, were able to wrap a little early tonight so I can go chill with the good wife and give her some good loving. Um, not that you need to know about that. So uh, before, we, before we go, though, um, I don't know about you, but I'm really hoping for the recall. First of all, I don't think Gavin would be removed from office, and I'm just telling you, if this recall goes down, the clown car is going to be 
amazing. It's already filling up with, you know, I mean, even Austin Bennett is considering a run and it hasn't even qualified yet. So this, yeah, I agree. It's going to be, this, this show's going to just blow up. We might have to do a whole, you know, whole segments of this show just on the recall. Um, it'll be down ballot watch from start to finish. Kimberly Guilfoyle's moving back to California. She's going to jump in the clown car. Fucking Mike Cernovich is going to jump in the clown car. Oh, absolutely. I think Arnold should run again, honestly, just for fun. Just for, just for funsies. Just he for might win and too. giggles. He, he, might, he might win too. And that wouldn't, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be so bad anymore. I mean, looking at, looking back, you know, it wouldn't be all that bad given, given what we had to deal with this president. I think we could survive another Schwarzenegger administration. Yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of really hoping for that looking forward. And yeah. um, I'm also I think some of the stuff I think over the summer, we're going to start to see some of the uh, California campaigns for Congress start to kick off. And I think that, yeah, I think that with with Trump out of office, I think there's going to be kind of a mad dash for like what Deanna Kaplos might call Magafornia types. Yeah, and I think absolutely. I think we're going to see some of the people we've been covering try to run for office. That Benjamin Martin guy who does the maskless Moses thing, I think he's yes. probably going to try to run in like the whatever district Fresno's in for a maybe U.S. Congress or state state office. And I think that there's a high chance that even without the recall, I think Austin Bennett will try to run for office again. So I think that it's going to be. I think the 2022 election is going to be like like the local stuff is going to be great, and I'm really looking forward to covering it. I'm also just really glad that uh really glad that. Over the last couple weeks, as the other shows have started to uh, really, really kind of crack off, especially Sunday, um, the, this show's started to see more viewership, and it's neat that it's like not local folks, and that some of the people from some of our national and even international audiences here and like likes yeah. to ch- likes to check out what's going on. Because honestly, like as goes the Bay Area in some ways, as goes the world, because the 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 all the power. You know how like New York City used to be all the power of the media. Well, now all the power of the media is right here. Right, right here, baby. Fucking here. And, right here, baby. And a lot of what goes on here kind of affects the rest of the world. And um, for yeah, sure, this has been a fun well, one. Uh, I would like to see uh, your face or the Good Wife's face on some of the other shows coming up soon, but I'll bother you about that a little bit more later. I think the Good Wife would have such a good fucking time with the Satanic Panic show if we get her. We get her on a t- Thursday evening. She would fucking lose her mind. It would be so fun. She's not smoking weed right now too, so she's pretty saucy. I'll tell you that much. Um, that may that's one reason why she can't come on because she's it's just she could explode and the whole system would go down. So, um, but I'll t- I'll I'll talk with her and and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And hello to all all of our viewers, listeners out there. It's great to have you. I hope you stick around and join us every Friday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time and check out all the other streams that uh, we got going on on Echoplex Media. And uh, yeah, have a great week. Yep, and that's been Down Ballot, everybody. Um, like I said, if you're listening on the podcast, make sure you're following this and our other podcasts by searching for Echoplex Media on your podcatcher of choice and follow us at twitch.tv slash Media. And of course, while we were talking, I didn't even think to find a goddamn song. That's okay, though. We got a... This is by Kevlar Nuklar of... Uh, we play a lot of his band, uh, Offworld. This song is called Shelter in Place in Peace, and it's a little bit a little bit of a hippie... A little bit of a hippie take on the... Uh, on ye olde uh, coronavirus. And I'll be back with the night twitch in just a little bit.